You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, September 15th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'm going to be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. We have a lot of stuff to get into. We're going to be talking first world problems for the Buckeyes. There are some problems. Can these issues be fixed if they're going to achieve their goals this year? That's what we're going to get into on today's show. Before we get to that, I want to let you guys know about one of our sponsors, Jonathan Green Grass Seed. They have a message for you guys. Good morning, Bucknutters. Are you tired of looking out at your lawn and seeing bare spots, patches, or weeds? Well, we've got the solution for you. Introducing Jonathan Green Grass Seed, the secret to achieving the lawn of your dreams. With over 130 years of experience, Jonathan Green is a name you can trust for quality lawn care. Their Black Beauty Grass Seed comes in many varieties so that they thrive in your specific region, whether you're in the Midwest, Northeast, or anywhere in between. Plus, planting Jonathan Green Grass Seed is easy. Just spread it on your lawn, water it, and watch it grow. It's that simple. And here's the best part, Buckeye fans. Jonathan Green Black Beauty Grass Seed is endorsed by lawn care experts and trusted by homeowners across Ohio, so much so that Wilson Turf Farm here in Columbus grows 800 acres of Jonathan Green sod every year to sell to central Ohioans. So don't wait any longer. Don't wait any longer. Make sure your neighbors... Make your neighbors green with envy and turn your lawn into a showstopper with Jonathan Green Grass Seed. Visit jonathangreen.com. Use coupon code BUCKNUTS10 to get 10% off your order. Jonathan Green, quality lawn since 1881. All right. Let's bring in the man, Jonah Booker. All right, buddy. We've got, you know, this Buckeye team has some issues. Can they be fixed? I think I call them first world problems because I don't think there's any, like, glaring issues with this team. I mean, if – if they still are converting 16% of their uh, third down per, uh, conversions uh, midseason, that'll be a huge issue. Let's start with that. Third down conversions have been very bad. Is that something that's fixable in your mind, Jay Book? I do think it's fixable, Dave. Um, I don't think it's going to be a problem throughout the year. I think as the offensive line continues to get better, those uh, short yardage runs that they've been missing on will definitely get better. But it's also going to take uh, some growing up as far as Ryan Day. The stretch run to the boundary, Dave, on third and short, that needs to be thrown out the playbook. I've yet to see a stretch run to the boundary work more than getting just a, you know, one or two yards. It's just there's no room for the running back to really, you know, get upfield. If you're stretching it out, there's very little room to do anything. So please just throw the stretch run out of the playbook. Uh, but I think when Kyle Cord gets settled in, with that passing attack, go a little bit more up-tempo. I do think that the, the third down issues will eventually get resolved. Yeah, I hope so. Um, let's stick with the offense. Um, short yardage. I mean, that's kind of – a lot of times those overlap if it's third down, short yardage. But even if it's just, you know, 
if it's like first and goal from the three, I'm like, uh, I'm not saying that's a for sure touchdown. It should be. It should be. But they haven't shown that they can just line up and just push people off the line of scrimmage. And they played Indiana and Youngstown State. That's an issue. Yeah. Uh, when you play against the teams that you've lined up against, there is a major talent discrepancy when it comes to Ohio State's offensive line versus their defensive line. No excuses for the offensive line not to be blowing people off the football. As Justin Fry had talked to you guys this week, he said, if you want to be nasty, be nasty all the time. We need to get better at being able to run downhill, also get better at uh, blowing people off the football. And I will say this, Dave, about the offensive line and the rushing attack. I truly believe this is not an offensive line unit that is built to go sideways, meaning that zone scheme. Um, I think they're much better if you're asking those big boys to fire off the ball and get downhill and throw some people off the, you know, off the line of scrimmage. I think that better suits this offensive line rushing staff. I don't know why they continue to do the zone stuff, Dave, because it doesn't work. It didn't work last year. Uh, they just need to get back to getting a hat on the hat and letting those big offensive linemen lay on somebody. And the thing is, they definitely have to get better from Donovan Jackson, Dave. And I will say this, he needs to be able to learn, if you're going to come on a combo block, at some point you got to get off that block and start trying to reach to the second level. Too many times we've watched in the short yardage that linebackers have had free hitters just coming in with no one to address for him. So Donovan Jackson definitely needs to be able to um, read his keys, read his scouting report a little bit longer, knowing that, hey, if I go here on the on the double team, I can't be there all, all day, all play. I have to be able to account for the free hitter that's shooting, shooting those gaps. I'm just going to go through my list of offensive issues, and then we'll hit the defense. Uh, my next one that I have jotted down, this is, I don't know if this is an issue because you can definitely win big having running back by committee. Um, will a bell cow running back emerge? Will like Travion Henderson right now has been the starter. Will like a, a true like bell cow emerge? Like this is our guy. We still have depth. Or do you think it's going to be running back by committee all year? I think it's going to be running back by committee all year, Dave. In order for you to establish a bell cow, those running backs need more touches. I thought Travion Henderson ran extremely well last game but you look at the box score he only had what five touches so it's it's very hard for a running back to get in the rhythm when he's only getting five touches chip i thought chip ran the best out of all of the backs the, the very first game second game he comes in there doesn't even really touch the football um so it's extremely hard to establish a bell cow back when you're rotating it right now um, so I, I don't necessarily disagree with Tony Alford on how he's operating with these uh, running backs. I just think that right now, Ohio State needs to be able to control the line of scrimmage, sustain drives, Dave. That's the thing. you got to stay on the field, sustain drives, because Coach Day is complaining about the lack of possessions that the offense is getting. Well, okay, but if you look at the number of plays, it's pretty comparable but if you're able to convert third downs, stay on the field, get points, then that's going to give the opportunity for more running backs to get more touches. We kind of already touched on the offensive line, but I want to get back to that. I mean, will this offensive line, in your opinion, be good enough for Ohio State to achieve their goals? I know it's only two games, small sample size, but when you look at 
Simmons at left tackle. Look at this entire offensive line. Do you think eventually they're going to be where they need to be? That's tough, Dave. That I mean, that that is a tough question. I mean, they're going to have to grow up quick, especially after this game, because you better believe Marcus Freeman will have uh, that defensive front ready to go. I mean, if you if you if I had to say yes or no right now, Dave, I'm leaning towards a yes. I do think that they will eventually get better. I think Simmons will get better the more reps that he gets his left tackle. I don't think Donovan Jackson is going to play this way the entire year. You look at the right side of, of the offensive line, Matthew Jones is playing some really good football. He has yet to give up a pressure yet. And Josh Fryer, I think, is playing pretty solid right now. Carson Hensman, he's holding his own. Um, it's not a physicality issue. Once all five guys come together, I do think that their play will continue to increase. They will continue to get better. And here's something else, Dave. Everybody talks about the quarterbacks and getting the quarterbacks settled with Kyle McCord taking majority of the reps going forward. Maybe the offensive line wasn't gelling this much, knowing that they have two quarterbacks in the system. So having a quarterback, you know, settle down, having one guy in there controlling the offense might just help out that offensive line when it comes to having something a little bit more stable back there. I lied. I do want to say, ask one more thing about the offense. I mean, I kind of buried the lead here. Kyle McCord, first time you and I have talked since uh, Ryan Day made it official that he's the guy. Not that he's just going to start and Devin's going to play, but Kyle's the guy. Um, I thought it was the, I thought it was a good time for Coach Day to do it, and he did it. Um, all right, Kyle's the guy. Is Kyle good enough to take him to the promised land in your mind, Jonah? He has to get better. He's not good enough right now. That doesn't mean he can't get there. I think we saw some flashes of Kyle uh, to say he can actually deliver the football if he's in if he's in rhythm. He's kept clean. I mean, as much as the, the griping that we've heard from Ohio State fans, who would have thought that this offense is actually averaging 300 yards passing the game and leads the Big Ten in passing yards? So that kind of lets you know the standard where Ohio State's at as far as quarterback play. But he's not there right now. I do think he's going to continue to get better with the reps, but there's big steps to, um, that he needs to take. He needs to have majority of the first team reps all practice. He needs to take the majority of the snaps in the games. The better he, the more comfortable he gets, the more confident he gets in his ability to make all of those throws that they're going to ask him, the better he's just going to get. Yeah, no doubt about it. We had one question I want to get to real quick because I, I, where do I see this at? Here we go. David on YouTube. Do you guys think we're going to rotate Tegra or Luke Montgomery in there as the sixth lineman, just like they did last year with Fryer? Yeah, we've already seen Luke Montgomery throw the uh, – what is it? The uh, is it What number is it? I'm drawing a blank. It's like 49. Is that what they use? I think Montgomery yeah. was something in the 90s, though, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, Luke Montgomery right now is that sixth guy. That was Donovan Jackson two years ago, as David mentioned on YouTube. That was Josh Fryer last year. So that kind of tells you that that's uh, that he's ahead of Tegra, I would have to guess, if he's the guy coming in there as that sixth offensive lineman. They haven't shown it a lot yet. They probably will against Notre Dame, I would imagine. Maybe not this week. Yeah, if you if – you, um... Montgomery has been in there a couple of times in that big jumbo package day. Mm -hmm. You remember the very first game when um, Kyle McCord threw that interception when he rolled out and Chip got clipped and Kyle tried to throw it back to the tight end. The funny part is Montgomery was in on that particular play as uh, in the jumbo package where they were trying to fool everybody. 
So he's the guy, and he's been in there a couple times in in the the red zone. So I think that he he's definitely going to be the sixth guy in there. The thing is, you can't rotate those young guys right now without having the core of your starters already already established. You got to be able to continue to build that rapport and chemistry with your first guys before you start thinking about rotating in some younger guys. Um, I would love to see those younger guys get their their crack at the bat, but if you're going to ride with the five that you have right now, they're not good enough or in position to have those guys rotating in and out. All right, let's look at the defense now. Um, by the way, it looks like the Buckeyes might have just picked up a defensive lineman. Uh, three-star defensive lineman might have flipped from Virginia Tech to Ohio State, Eric Mensa. This is hot off the press. There's still not a story up on Bucknut, so still, until Bill Curlick reports it, but I want to let you guys know. It looks like uh, – Eric Mensa has decommitted from Virginia Tech and has flipped to Ohio State. In fact, Evan Watkins from our Virginia Tech site does have a story up, so you can lock it down. Mensa flips to Ohio State. So there you go. Six, three, six foot three, 290 pounds. Live podcasting, baby. He's a three-star. He's from Virginia. Stafford so flipped a kid from Virginia from Virginia Tech. Um, not very high accolades. I mean, he's ranked as, what, the number 37 edge rusher in the country number 10 player from the state of Virginia, a player rating of 88. So there you go. Got a D tackle. He's listed as an edge. He's 6'3", 290. There's no way he's going to be an edge if he's 6'3", 290 in high school. <laughs> Man. I mean, I, I said, you know, I shouldn't say that. I remember saying the same thing. About <coughs> I remember saying JT Tumalau sitting here at 6'4", 275 as a high school senior. That kid's not playing rush, uh, you know, uh, edge rusher at Ohio State, but he is. He's more of a bull rusher. But there you go. Eric Mensa. I've never heard of him, but there you go. Buckeyes get uh, a flip from Virginia Tech. Hey, I, I got to go do my research. It hit different when you do your research, Dave. So I'm going to have to go and uh, see if I can look at some tape with this kid. But 6'3", 290, that's a, that's a big boy right now. So he's, a, he's about a, a hamburger and a shake away from being 300 plus. But I'll, I'll say this, Dave, if he's going to play on the inside, they got some huge boys in that middle of that defense that they're loading up on with all of the all of these 300 plus pound defensive tackles that they're starting to collect. Now we just need to be able to get home, man. We need some defensive ends who's going to be able to create some pressure. Before we get to the defense, this kind of goes into like everything. Um, David on on Facebook saying toughness, toughness seems like an issue. You know, and I don't know if that's an issue. If that is an issue. He's saying we get pushed around on both sides of the lines. That's not used to seeing that. Um, I, toughness to me, Jonah, is a, you either have it or you don't, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know if you can really teach toughness. You can teach – I don't know. I mean, I guess you can do an extent, but toughness I've always felt like you either have it or you don't. Where are you at on that? Yeah, you can't teach toughness. Like you said, you, it's either in your DNA or, or not. Um, you can teach technique. You can have all of the athleticism, but – when it comes to toughness, being able to not quit, not fold under pressure, being able to handle adversity, look it right in the face and continue to push forward, that's something that you absolutely cannot teach. All right, let's look at the defensive issues. Um, not giving, not getting pressure on the quarterbacks, particularly the edge rushers. Um, I had jotted this down, and you said that's something that you wanted to hit on too. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that is fixable. I don't know if JT Tumalau and Jack Sawyer are suddenly going to become like, you know, the Bosa's or anything like that. Kenyatta Jackson's the one guy that I think has, um, not that he can be the Bosa's, but that it can be that true edge rusher. I think Caden Curry's played well overall. I don't know if that's fixable as far as Ohio State's DNs getting pressure on the quarterback. Where are you at? 
Uh, let me ask you this, Dave, and, and I'll, I'll circle back. Are you disappointed in what you're seeing from the defense ends as far as, you know, creating pressure? Because I know I am. I expected a whole lot more than what we're seeing right now. I know a lot of people are spinning it regarding like, oh, Indiana ran the option and stuff like that. But you look at the you look at the snap counts and the amount of pressures. I mean, Jack Sawyer, 69 snaps so far this season has only created one pressure. JT Tuamalu, 83 snaps this year has only created three pressures. So between the between the, your two primetime defensive ends, they've played a combined 152 snaps and they have four pressures total. So that right there just kind of like, uh, that's not what we were expecting when you have two five stars. Like, how are you feeling about the defensive ends? I feel the same way you do. I mean, I, I hear all the excuses. Well, Indiana was playing like was like a service academy. Okay. Um, but then, like, last week, I mean, Youngstown threw the ball 18 times. Um, not a ton. But when I isolate, I went back and watched the game, and I would isolate on JT or I'd isolate on Jack. All I see are, are bull rushes. I don't see any, like, array of pass moves, pass rush moves. I don't see them trying to swim inside. or They're not very quick off the ball either. Particularly Jack is not very quick. Um, JT for his size, I think, is – you know, for his size is quick, but um, I'm with you, man. I, and I don't know if it's fixable. I, I, I see guys that are, can be solid DNs, but are probably not going to be guys that are ever like consistently getting pressure on the quarterbacks, which is why we're seeing Jim Knowles having to blitz so much. They need to find mm -hmm. a way to get pressure with just four um, and then mix the blitz in. If they can't get pressure with just four against good teams, I mean, that's going to be a big problem. If, if I would challenge any Ohio State fan, go back, watch all of the pass rushing plays when Jack Sawyer was in the game, watch how late he is getting off the football. That's one of the things that really jumps out to me is you see JT. I will give this to JT. JT gets out of there. He, he gets out of those gates extremely fast. He's just not been, he doesn't, he hasn't shown the capability to really bend that art and provide a counter move besides the bull rush. As you mentioned, Jack is laid off the football. Um, and you look at Kenyatta, Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry, two younger guys, they have just they have four pressures amongst those two guys, and they're playing half the snap. Kenyatta Jackson, he's only had 20 pass rushes so far this season, two pressures. Caden Curry, 19 snaps as far as pass rush this year, two pressures. So you're starting, you're seeing it from the younger guys. The younger guys are are the more they're capitalizing on their opportunities a little bit more. But right here, Dave, this is the litmus test for me, this game, because you're going to have a Western Kentucky team that's going to go out there, probably throw the ball 45, maybe even 50 times this game. They're not going to be able to run the football. So I will say this, if they can, if they can create some pressure, I will feel a whole lot better about the defensive ends going into the Notre Dame game. Jay Book and I are going to get back to Ohio State football in just a moment. I have one more read from one of our great sponsors, Underdog Fantasy. Love these guys. You guys know I love fantasy football, and this is uh, and one of the top fantasy football companies in the country, and they have a message for you guys. All right. Even though this is a college football podcast, I'm going to guess a lot of you are NFL fans as well. And as you know, the NFL is officially back a lot of your Sundays are probably filled with watching games, and a big part of watching those games these days is fantasy football. That's why we've partnered with Underdog Fantasy for this fantasy football season. 
It is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. You just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they, they will go higher or lower. So let's say you're watching the Bengals. You pick whether Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, or others will go higher or lower in certain stat categories. You can win ton, 20 times your money by going five for five. So sign up today with promo code BUCKNUTS and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code BUCKNUTS to get your first deposit doubled over $100. Must be 18 or over and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. All right, back to Ohio State football we go. All right, the other thing I wrote down, I mean, the defense so far hasn't given up a bunch of deep, uh, big plays, but they've played Indiana and Youngstown State. Even Youngstown State hit him with the long pass, and then Cam Martinez, uh, <laughs> he got to – all right, you're out of the game. Um, right. I, don't, I love how Knowles doesn't mess around. It's like last year when Proctor gave up that big play against Notre Dame, he's like, you're out, Ransom's in. Um, but that was obviously the huge issue last year. We don't know if that's fixed yet because they haven't played a good offense yet. At least Western Kentucky is going to test this passing defense. Um, so, I mean, do you think that that's fixable? Even though we haven't seen it, you know, you know, rise up yet, do you think uh, Jim Knowles preventing big plays is something that's fixable? I think so right now, Dave, but so far, so good. The one thing that you have to really be excited about is Denzel Burke, the way he's playing. He's graded out as the number three cover corner right now in all of college football as far as his uh, his grades. So you have to you have to really feel good about where he's at. I think the corners have been playing solid. I can't ask for anything better from the secondary right now. I think those guys are playing some great football. They're going to get a major test this week, and then the big test um, starts against Notre Dame. So eliminating the big plays, the two teams that you face, they weren't really going to pose a major threat as far as you know, knocking off some big chunk plays. These next two teams will. So as you continue to build that confidence, the one thing, Dave, I will say this about the secondary, the technique and the discipline that you're seeing from those guys, night and day compared to last year. So you have to give the coaches their props that they were able to work with those guys and get a lot of those issues that we saw last year cleaned up. So I, I really like the way the secondary is playing so far, but not to get too excited considering who they play major tests in the next two weeks. If they can do it then, then they're going to be off and running. We have a request. Darren on Facebook, or Darren on YouTube, excuse me. He says, please ask Jay Book if he had the choice. Would he take Edric Houston or Dylan Stewart? If I had to, if I had to make the choice between one or the two, I would take I would take Dylan Stewart. And the reason I say that is because he's a pure uh, pass rusher who's going to be able to get after it. Edric Houston, he's more of your strong side defense in Ohio State. Had looks like they already have quite a bit of those guys. We need some of those um, defense ends that's a little fluid, a little bit more bendy. That's going to be able to really bend that arc, and you can get that out of Dylan Stewart. Before we get to Western Kentucky and give our prediction, we'll close the show with that. The other thing, the final thing that I wrote down as far as issues that need to be fixed: special teams. I mean, they're not, again, first-world problems. Are Ohio State special teams terrible? No. Are they to the level they should be? No. I mean, I, I there's just 
I don't know. I, I they're okay, but I just need them to be like elite. Is that too right. much? That's, they talk about BIA. We want to be best in America at everything. You're not best in America on special teams. It's it's been this way for the last few years. Yeah, you're you're just not seeing it. Um, I mean, it's been the special team has been pretty mid, like you said, for the last two to three years. Are are you ready to concede to me, Dave? A Mecca should not be the punt returner. No. Remember, I <laughs> come on, Dave. I said, hey, I said it at the beginning of the year that you need to be able to get somebody who's who who's going to be able to break one off. He, they're not flipping the field at all in the punt returns. We're just not, we're just not getting anything from the return team right now. I think if you can give some of those younger guys like Jalen Ballard, um, Brandon Ennis, some of these younger guys to say, hey, this is my opportunity to shine. I might not get to play uh, in the game very much, so I'm going to make every opportunity count while I'm back here on the punt return, and I'm going to make it happen. I don't know if this is scheme. I don't know if it's the blocking. You're not seeing any type of walls when it comes to the punt return. I just want to see them just flip the field. I'm not even saying return one to the house. Just give the, the offense a better opportunity uh, right now because what's the mecca averaging like five or six yards <laughs> a return or something like that. So it's not very good. And we, we ask this question, you know, every month, Dave, what does Parker Fleming do? <laughs> right. I mean, he's a nice guy. I, I, I almost, but I mean, man, this is Ohio state football. This is, we're not talking about nice guys. Like I don't, do they even need a special teams coach? Like, I don't even know. Like, why don't you have like all the other coaches kind of pitch in, have their own little thing, which is what some teams do and then hire, I don't know, another full-time assistant coach. I have no idea, but um, hopefully they get that figured out. All right. Western Kentucky tomorrow, high octane offense, Austin Reed, their quarterback was, the passing leader in FBS last year. Now he's back as a senior. Uh, high octane passing offense. They've had it that way for like the last ten years. Uh, Bailey Zappi was there, the guy that's with the Patriots now. Um, Jeff Brom was there before he went to uh, Purdue. So Western Kentucky. Now I don't know if they can run the ball well, and I don't think they play defense, but they can throw the football. So this is going to be a good test for Ohio State's secondary, their pass rush, defense in general. Um, Buckeyes favored by twenty eight, twenty nine, right around there. Uh, what's your prediction for a final score, my friend? I got this one, Ohio State 52, Western uh, 21. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I think this is going to be a situation where this is going to be a long game, uh, long game day. Between the two teams, you're probably going to see 75 passing attempts. Um, they're, they're going to sit there and try to sling it all over the field. Here's the thing, though. Even if Ohio State gives up 21, it may not be a situation where the secondary is looking bad. This is in, in this era, Dave, where teams are going to go up tempo, spread you out, and they're going to throw the football that many times. They're going to get some yards. They're going to get a couple plays, and they're going to be able to potentially get into the red zone and put up some points on the board. I don't necessarily look at look at that as a situation where the defense will play back. It's just the nature of the beast. When you're playing a game of seven on seven, where it's we're playing pitch and catch all game long. There's going to be a lot of yards and potentially a lot of points on the board this game. Our scores are similar. You're a little bit more optimistic than me, but our scores are very similar. I have 47 to 20, so I have the Buckeyes barely not covering. I've been picking them to cover and smother the first two weeks. I'm like, okay, I need to maybe I need to see it now. I I still think they're going to win comfortably, 47 to 20. And you you have Western Kentucky scoring 21. I have them scoring 20. I feel like if the Buckeyes can hold them 
under 20 points, that would be huge for this defense because you can't go out there and think, oh, it's a directional like group of five school. We're going to crush them. It's like, okay, that's you should crush them. But like this offense is legit. So if they can keep them under 20 points, I think that'd be a good feather in the cap for this defense. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. I really appreciate it, JB. And we appreciate all of you for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow, Bucknutters. Oh, and join us for what we learned live right after the game. I'll be joined by a cast of characters. And so join us right after the Ohio State-Western Kentucky game for what we learned live. Again, for Jonah Booker, I'm Dave Biddle. Thanks again. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.